don't want this to be the kind of workplace where if your kids got their spring sing concert at 9 a.m. on Friday, where you're like sneaking in late to work and pretending like you were doing a full day's work. Like, I want you to post in our Slack channel, like, everybody want to see the pictures? Like, here's a video of my kid doing their first performance in preschool. Like, how exciting is this? Like, I don't want you to sneak out for a doctor's appointment. Like, people have life that has to be lived. And I want it to be an open culture where people can like blend their life and work in, in a way that is healthy. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Living Good Currency with Tony and Tobias. We're excited to have you back. We appreciate all the love and support. And for those of you who are new, Tobias and I sit down every Monday with an amazing person that we have either known for a while or have just got to know for their, their passion and their persistence on doing good and making a difference in this world. And Tobias and I are so grateful that we get to continue these conversations and, and really enrich ourselves. And we know just from the feedback that we're getting, enriching you guys as well. So we appreciate it. Today is, is no different from the, the themes. This is someone I've actually met years ago um, under a passion of mine when I first became a father and learning about the sad statistics of improper installed car seats and the damage that it does to, uh, to so many lives. And so I created an event with Ali Landry, um, the one and only, about, and we called it the red carpet event, where we would help um, parents, especially celebrities, to kind of get the word out there on the importance of car seat safety. And at this event, I happened to meet this, this budding entrepreneur um, who's got a, that we're about to interview, Jen Saxton. And to listen and from afar watch her trajectory of her company, the success of her company, we're going to go into it with her. Um, it's been awesome. Jen Saxton is a serial entrepreneur with over 10 years experience in the baby industry. In 2020, she successfully exited her first baby gear cleaning business with an acquisition. No small feat. Mm. Jen is currently the founder and CEO of Tot Squad, a baby service marketplace that connects new parents with health, wellness and safety services credited by the new york times as having created a new industry tot squad has raised millions with its juggernaut aspirations to transform the baby world jen serves as a regular contributor on parenting topics for cbs the doctors and for new york magazine's the strategist welcome to the show jen welcome thank you happy to be here good to see you guys good to see you too so i was trying to look back i guess we we're trying to remember so yeah can't even remember the year now. I think it was 2000 and maybe 2014, 2014. Mm. I think that's what it was. And, you know, we had put this event on. I remember when I, I had, you know, I just had become a, a dad and, and I could not believe that the number one killer of children in the U S uh, if you had a ball, all the disease and everything was improper installation of a car seat. And yeah, know, well, believe it or not, that statistic actually just changed last week, and it's very sadly now oh. gun violence. Oh, yeah. Um, well, yeah, so it's not good news. Not but, good news. Uh, unintentional injury is still the leading cause of death behind gun violence wow. for children in America, and car accidents are the number one cause within unintentional injuries. Yeah, and I, and I, I remember I was lucky enough to know Allie, and she was so passionate. You know, She's had access to a lot of celebrities. And when I told her about this, she couldn't believe it. You know, she was just in awe of this. And I said, you know, we need to do something. And I remember sitting down in her house and, and we were just planning out what can we do to bring awareness to this. And we came up with this event and, and it was, it was very successful and became it, what it was. But 
at that event, that's when we first met you. And, and I, is it what, in 2009, is that when you started? When did you start Todd Squad? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was getting my MBA at Kellogg um, in Chicago from uh, 2008 to 2010. And so in 09 is when I got certified as a child passenger safety technician because I had this idea that I wanted to help improve work-life balance for millennial parents. I always joke that I'm the oldest millennial because I was born in 82. Now they call us geriatric millennials. Mm. Um, But I thought this generation was really passionate about work-life balance and what solutions or or things can I do to help parents? So I was like, car seats are like dirty, disgusting. Every mom I talked to wishes it was cleaner, but like taking it out of the car, cleaning it, reassembling and getting it installed properly. It's like too hard. So I was writing a business plan about that. And I decided to go out to a prison in rural Illinois during finals week to get certified uh, in Kankakee, Illinois as a child passenger safety technician. So that was in 2009 and I launched the business um, Um, In 2010, 2011, literally driving around a van with my MBA, you know, all my friends went off to their six figure salaries and I was like cleaning poop and vomit out of car seats and strollers every week. I was doing the dirty jobs that I was first getting started. And it's funny you remember that red carpet safety event, because what I remember about that first event is that I crashed it. (laughs) I I don't know how I got in there, but I did not pay to be a sponsor or an exhibitor, but I like found somebody friendly who believed in what I was doing who like let me stand at their booth. So I felt like I was terrified the whole time that I was going to get busted and kicked out. You know, it's (laughs) funny that you bring that up. I mean, you just said a lot that we need to unpack, right? But I actually now going back to that sentiment, that's what I remember. I was like, who is this woman? Like, where is she from? And I remember you just had this tenacity about you, by the way. You had this, this goal. Like you were this, kicking me out. No, 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 no never, never, never. By the way, we, you know, thanks to Brightex, they were one of our big sponsors, right? So we were like, mm-hmm. and we didn't, I, I, by the way, I made, I didn't take a dollar. It wasn't about making money on this thing. It was about yeah. just making sure we could pay our bills. I remember you because I remember that attitude. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, she's here. She's doing a job. And, uh. <laughs> Good for you. That's that's that that's a that's a the tenacity of an that's entrepreneur. A hustle. That's a hustle. That's right. So you got your certification at a prison. Oh, uh, you know, I wanted to ask her that. Yes. I know. I saw your eyes light up. Yeah. Uh, well, explain. I was only there for four or five days, not twenty-eight years. So. Mm. Wow. It was probably a different experience. But, uh, but I do remember during our lunch break one day, they took us over and gave us a tour of the women's prison. And it was like, it was very shocking and um, right. and very sad. But obviously there's a lot of police officers and law enforcement who get certified in child passenger safety um, so that they can help, you know, motorists who are injured or people coming by the police station looking for help with their car seats. So it made sense that law enforcement was involved in the certification program. Hmm. That's interesting. So, but, but it could have been at a police station. The fact that they had it at the prison, that's interesting. I know. I think it's because it was in the middle of nowhere. That was probably mm. like the police station and the prison. I don't mm, know. Right, it was right. like, but it was timing, right? Like I was, I was an MBA student, so I was like, okay, I can take my final early and go this week. So it's just about finding something when I could commit five full straight days. Because believe it or not, I mean, you just shared the statistic. The statistic: ninety-five percent of car seats. Uh, and this is a study out of Washington State. They checked the car seats of family leaving the hospital with a newborn and 95% of them had some sort of critical error in either how the car seat was installed in the vehicle or how they fit the baby in the car seat. So it's like with 95% of car seats are being used incorrectly, like there's there's a big problem here. There's a big issue. And and like we need to try and be solving that in any different way that we can. And, and hopefully law enforcement is is supporting that mission as well. Yeah, I remember, you know, there's a, um, you know, people usually go to the firehouses or, you know, maybe I guess the police stations, different places when we, I mean, now there's a lot more, I think, attention and tot squad 
you know, credit for what you've been doing and how you've been growing and get the, the word out. But it was like, uh, it's just, it is these shocking statistics of how simple it is, by the way, to get it done properly. Um, and how, you know, and it's just such a scary phenomenon when you start talking to, about it. But, um, yeah, listen, I, I, um, I, 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 you know, you assume that you came up with a lot of the apparent, and I met a lot of mompreneurs, um, in my, in my time, um, just in, in, from the show I had hatched and just in general, just a lot of mompreneurs, uh, and a lot of them, the ideas come after being a parent, um, mm-hmm. but apparently, uh, no pun intended. Uh, you uh, were not, or, or were you? You weren't a parent at the time, no, right? No, no, I was not a parent. I used to joke that that was like my number one asset was that I wasn't a mom yet, and I was just really passionate about it. So my business was my baby in those mm. early days, and I could dedicate so much more time and energy to it than somebody who already had little ones at home. Of course, now I have a three-year-old and a one-year-old, so I am like in it. Uh, in fact, <laughs> we just put my baby in. She just graduated from the infant bucket seat into her, you know, big girl convertible rear-facing car seat. And on her first ride in her Brit tax yesterday, she barfed in it. Mm. And I was like, this is just the, the irony. She knows that so there is no person on this planet that has cleaned more barf car seats than her mama. Yes. And so she just wanted to put me to the test. Yes. <laughs> wow. That's is that awesome. Sophie? That's Sophie. She's a little one. Yeah, and that means wisdom. Wisdom. So yeah, yeah, she had it figured out. (laughs) Oh, I didn't know that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know the Charlotte and uh, Sophie. Yeah, the two children. That's right. That's right. Man, so what? At what age did you get in? Obviously, going to you know the prestigious Kellogg School, and you're getting your MBA. Um, obviously being a problem solver, someone who's looking for a niche. You know, you have to put your business plan. You got to come up with something. What age did you get this entrepreneurial bug? Like, what did you know that you always wanted to go to business school and become an entrepreneur? Yeah, so I actually, I tell this story about kind of like the spark for me, really being in early childhood. Um, in 1985, when I was, you know, two or three years old, my parents, I grew up in Austin, Texas, um, they uh bought the rights to run the little local miniature train in Zilker Park in Austin, Texas. And my dad would manage the engineers and my mom ran the souvenir stand and my little sister and I would collect the tickets from people as they got on the train. And so I really learned to value the benefit of like merging life and work and Mm. like having a family friendly workplace where like you can go to work, but still be with your kids. And, and, you know, that was meaningful for us to feel like we were contributing something or had a a job to do. Um, So we loved that. And so my parents were small business owners. They, my mom and my dad both owned several little businesses over the course of my life. And so in sixth grade, growing up in Austin, Michael Dell uh, was building Dell computers in, you know, the late 90s, early 2000s. And just it was taking off. I had all these friends whose dads were becoming Dell millionaires. Mm. Um, And I was like, I want to be Michael Dell. Like, I want to be a high tech entrepreneur. I'm going to, you know, go build a company someday. So I would say sixth grade is is really for me when I said I want to be an entrepreneur one day. And, and, you know, it took me a long time to kind of figure out what is that going to look like? What, you know, I studied math while I was at Duke. I was an engineering dropout. I didn't like engineering that much. But I will say being an extroverted math major had a lot of advantages for me. <laughs> so I went to management consulting for a few years. But then by the time I was writing those application essays to get into my MBA program, I was writing about becoming an entrepreneur. So when I went on to win the business plan competition at Kellogg, um, I thought I've got something here and I, I got to like, I got to go pursue this. I got to go try this thing out, even if it means cleaning poop and vomit out of car seats mm. all day. <laughs> I'm going to go figure it out. 
And so you said you won your business plan, won the the competition. Wow, good for mm-hmm. you. So and look, I mean, there's no money, but <laughs> it does, it, but it, but they were right. Look, all these years That's later, right. they were right. They were you were right, That's and right. they were right. That's so cool. And so, um, so your childhood, so your parents, so you so you had a family. You saw a culture of a you know in a, yes, a mom and pop literally um, uh, business. Uh, that had that blended family and culture, and you saw that. Do mm-hmm. you is that something that's a big deal for you at Tot Squad and what you try to implement? For sure, for sure. One of the core values at Tot Squad is work life balance, and I think about that from the perspective of not just my team, right? My direct reports, most of my employees are moms, and like ninety nine percent, and. I don't want this to be the kind of workplace where if your kids got their spring sing concert at 9 a.m. on Friday, where you're like sneaking in late to work and pretending like you were doing a full day's work. Like, I want you to post in our Slack channel, like, everybody want to see the pictures? Like, here's a video of my kid doing their first performance in preschool. Like, how exciting is this? Like, I don't want you to sneak out for a doctor's appointment. Like, people have life that has to be lived. And I want it to be an open culture where people can like blend their life and work in in a way that is healthy. Um, and I think as, as the company grows and gets bigger, um, this this new company is still a startup. It's, you know, I think there's going to be more and more benefits and things that we can roll out to the team to really live that core value. But that's also the core value that we're delivering to our customers, right? So in the first company, which was a cleaning service, um, and my second company now is a is more like an Angie's List or a Care.com. So we're like a tech platform, a marketplace that connects moms with all these services, lactation consultants, sleep consultants, car seat installers, night nannies. Like you can find them all on Tot Squad. And it's about helping moms. Like when I was sleep deprived as a new mom, I was going in Facebook groups saying, hey, can anybody recommend a sleep consultant? And then I got like 80 comments. Now I got to go Google these 80 people. And then you got to like call or email them to see when they're available. And then what's the difference between the $300 and the $3,000 lady? And by the way, I'm going on two hours of sleep here because I've got a newborn at home. Like it was a horrible experience trying to like get access to the support and help that I needed, especially because we're here in Los Angeles and my husband's family's in Florida and my family's in Texas. And so I wanted to build this platform that would help moms be able to find the support and the help that they need, find their squad, literally. And so I think that we're helping moms and and dads, families have their own work-life balance again by getting them access to the support and the help that they need so they can like get those stressful things off their plate and focus on the parts of their life that they really love and the quality time that they want to have with their family. And the same thing can be said for our providers, which is the lactation consultants of the world, right? If you think about the typical lactation consultant, oftentimes they're a woman who breastfed and Mm. was like so passionate about it that she went and pursued a certification. And she wants to help other moms breastfeed. Like that is what she's passionate about. She is not necessarily passionate about building an SEO friendly website and trying to figure out how to get clients and doing accounting on the back end and like all of the business management that goes into it. And so if we can help them, especially a lot of them are moms themselves, right? They've got little ones at home. So maybe they're only available Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from nine to noon while their kid's in preschool. Like how can we help them get clients that can book in the pockets of time that they have available and like take off their plate the parts of their job that they don't love so that they can have more of that quality family time. So I really think about work-life balance. It's been a core value for me since my childhood. I'm bringing that to my team, to my customers, to my providers that are on our platform. Like it's really the all-encompassing underlying cultural value for Tot Squad. Mm, uh, This is amazing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my question for you is 
How does it feel when I heard the words created a new industry? Created a new industry. How does that feel to be such a young person, to see the example and now legacy of your parents, uh, see what was going on with Dial inside of your community, uh, go through all that you might have gone through your life for it to be said you have created a new industry. How does that feel? It's pretty exciting. Hey. You know, my executive coach would tell me that I, I'm not good enough about like celebrating the wins. So thanks for thanks for reminding me of that positive yes. piece of press that I got. Yes. And, you know, I will say when I sold the cleaning business, um, and, and that could be a totally separate story because we closed that transaction on March 12th of 2020. Wow. Mm-hmm. That is the most Concur. stressful thing I've ever been through in my life, trying to do an M&A deal on the heels of a global pandemic. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, I was trying to start my new company on March 16th, 2020. But, you know, it, it was a wild, wild west kind of a environment to be in. Um, but the cleaning service, when I sold it, I sold it to a company called BabyQuip. They are the world's largest baby gear rental marketplace. Right. So if you're going to Disney World and you need a stroller or you're at an Airbnb and you need a high chair and a baby gate and whatever, they'll rent all that stuff to you. And they wanted to be able to launch cleaning services, which when we had signed the original like kind of LOI documents, letter of intent in January of 2020, we had no idea that their travel business was about to collapse when everybody wow. got locked down. So it really was fortuitous for them to be able to launching into a cleaning service that they could offer to people not reliant on them traveling and needing mm. to rent gear. But obviously, they were already cleaning stuff in between renting it to one family to another. So it really made a lot of sense to sell it to them. But I went through a full grieving cycle um, after the sale of my company because it's, it was my first baby. Like yes, I said, like I was, yes. that was my first baby. And so at first I was really excited when I started to see them sending out email blasts. I was like, look at all this new energy and new ideas. And like, there's fresh people on the team working on this. And it's like exciting and exhilarating to see what they're doing to take the company to the next level. And then at the same time, I would see them do so that I'd be like, well, I, mm. I could have introduced them to that person. Why didn't they call me? Why, why didn't they ask for my help on that? Like, right. and then I was feeling really sad that I was like left out. And so when I think about having created that industry, that, that article was referring to the baby gear services industry um, in terms of cleaning and repair and installation for baby gear as, as a service. And now seeing BabyCoop, I think they've got the service launched in 900 markets. Wow. Um, and so it really has a much bigger life um, beyond me now. And so I, I do feel so much pride about that, knowing that there are moms out there whose kid barked yes, in their car seat did. like mine did yesterday. Yes. That like have somebody else they can turn to to outsource that disgusting task. Um, too. Yes, yes, yes. Incredible. I mean, this is just, um, you know, you're, you, you, you are... I mean, the timing of that serendipity timing, and usually it's, I'm so glad I closed that deal because had I waited, it wouldn't have closed. Ironically enough, they needed it during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. maybe had you waited, you would have got more money, but no, I'm just just joking. That's amazing. So uh, my board, my board was like, whatever it takes to close this deal, close it mm-hmm. now. Die yeah, the yeah, last week. Yeah. yeah. So March twelfth, you twenty twenty, you close the deal. Congratulations on that. And yes, you Thanks. need to celebrate. We all, by the way, need to celebrate the wins. I never got that celebration because the whole world got locked down. Yeah. Like we went to Benihana. I remember we went to Benihana <laughs> that night with the baby quip team. And we were looking around like this place is empty. Like we we feel shameful that we're Ooh, out at dinner right now. Yeah, maybe we shouldn't be here. So well, celebrating know, the wins, celebrating the wins. Yes, can mean with a lot of other people and with the people around you. But sometimes it's just actually, if anything, more importantly, it's celebrating the win within. 
You know, a lot of mm-hmm. times externally we get the wins. So a lot of times externally we get the celebrations. A lot of times externally people give us the accolades that we're that we may be seeking, but internally we're not feeling it. Internally mm-hmm. we see our own cobwebs. We see our own, you know, things that we could have done better on, or maybe we feel we talk often about this, you know, this this not just a fear of failure, but a fear of being a fraud or maybe this or that. Mm-hmm. So imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome. So really it's, you know, and one of the things that, you know, just being around Tobias so much and, and are focusing on good currency, which again, for those who are listening new, reason why we're even sitting down with Jen is to really celebrate and figure out how do you align your passions that you're so, you know, excited to do along with your purpose, which is to do good for yourself and others daily and be of service. And so if in that philosophy that we're humbly trying to promote and get out there, the idea of serving yourself, you know, being good to yourself is what Jen was, you were just talking about, you know, and, and, and Tobias, as he always does, we gloss over these things and then he'll go, hold on, let me reel back. I'm still, I'm still focusing on the fact that she created a whole new industry. And, and how does that feel? Yes, sir. And how does it feel? No, he how says, how right? does it feel? And mainly because, uh, often uh, those of us who feel that we have a lot to do in life that we accomplish just so many things daily that we are not mindful just to be grateful with ourselves. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I'm talking about just time, you know, time is 24 hours in a day. So much needs to be done. And so often, like you said, we don't take the the moment to just be in the moment. And mm-hmm. uh, 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 that is something that I've, I've learned to do uh, with all the accomplishments is being here today. just actually just being in the moment, being thankful yep. and grateful. And, you know, like you said, uh, which is what I find very powerful, you said that work-life balance, that's something that we can do a thousand podcasts mm-hmm. on, work-life mm-hmm. balance. So can you go a little bit deeper into the philosophy of it, not so much how you actually applied it to your company, but how important of that uh, work-life balance, especially dealing with, you said, 99% of your company is moms mm-hmm. and allowing them to take the moment to celebrate life and everything. That's a form of safety for our children and for our mothers and for the husbands who love the mothers. Uh, that's something that we need to pay attention to, especially in this age, because there's not a work-life balance. Mm-hmm. So I'm asking you. know, I think you. there's there's some controversy actually recently about the term work-life balance. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of moms like get snappy if they get asked in an interview, well, how do you juggle it all being a mm-hmm, mom and having mm-hmm. this big career? And it's like, name uh, an interview where somebody did with, you know, the CEO of Walmart yes. and somebody asked him, mm-hmm. how do you juggle it all being mm-hmm. a dad? And then mm-hmm, nobody asked mm-hmm. that question to men. So a lot yes. of women, they'll say it's not about balance because like mm-hmm. a lot of times you feel like you're a failure at both or like mm-hmm. if things are going well at work, then things aren't necessarily always going well at home. And, and you know, it, it's more of a juggle and it's a give and a take. And it's about not having unrealistic expectations that you can have it all all at the same time. Um, but I think you're right. Like I, I, I really like to think that it's interesting, I guess, all of these come, what's the big experiment happening right now with a four-day work week? They're yep. testing it in Europe. I've yep. seen a bunch of headlines this week yep. about that. That's about work-life balance. And how can you have more time to just like get your house repaired or, you know, like just all the other things that go into managing life. 
besides, you know, being with your kids and having fun and doing your job and doing a good job at it, it's, it's just, it's really hard to do it all. Yeah. I think there's a, we've had this debate internally, not just with Tobias and I, or just when our, our team work-life balance as a phrase is inherently in my mind flawed. Because mm -hmm. you're basically saying life, mm -hmm. which I didn't know when life turns off. I mean, God, mm -hmm. it, it, all I know when life turns off is when you're dead. So, mm -hmm. you know, from the time you're born <laughs> to the time you die, you're living. Therefore, mm -hmm. work is part of your life. Work is part of your life. And I think, mm -hmm. um, you know, what, what we always talk about and what we're, we're going to release pretty soon with our journal is, you know, focusing on your three passions that you pursue during the day. Any action you do throughout the day, any action is only around three passions. It's either your personal passion your professional passion or your spiritual, anything that you do, you're doing it for one mm -hmm. of those three. And so if you can balance that and it's not balancing as an even balance, that's impossible, right? Because the amount of time you sleep versus the time you work, you know, you may only have a few more hours. You actually may only have a few hours with your family compared to how many hours you work a day. So it's not, totally. it's not about balancing those hours. No, no. It's about the quality and being present with what you're doing. And so if you can get to this point where, your work, which is part of your life, and you begin to manage these expectations and how you're approaching it from an emotional standpoint, uh, then ultimately you may discover that you're not in the right career. You know, maybe this is, the, this is not mm -hmm. for me because this is part of my life and I got to mm -hmm. figure this out. Or I know that I'm doing the thing I need to do to, 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 to succeed and I don't like this role, but I'm going mm -hmm. to do my best because I understand the the meaning of it in my life. And I think, you know, it's just, yeah. and, and this comes from Tobias. Why don't you share with Jen oh, about the, you know, the living proof of, you know, just in a, you know, in a nutshell mm -hmm. of being in the worst, you know, place and flipping the emotional switch of that, you know, and I think it's important for our audience and, um, and those listening about how to do that. Uh, yeah, it's, 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 you know, my situation was quite unique because you had a lot of time to think and reflect. And then I came to the conclusion in which many of the spiritual greats came to that we are spiritual beings having an earthly experience, not human beings with spirits, you know, but we are spiritual beings because after our physical humanity is over, who are we? So I'm like, wow, okay. Then I took that one step forward. Like, okay, how is the spirituality being seen in my personal life? Just as a person. And then if this spirit is connected to God or a higher force or source which created the heavens and the earth, how can I be involved in an occupation that is mm -hmm. bringing that spirituality or force to the world? So this is how We've come together with a good currency in the journal, et cetera. So that's how I look at it. So the balance itself, that's why I asked the question, is really balancing yourself with your own spirituality and mm -hmm. how that spirit is going to take form in your persona and how you're going to bring that to the world. With you, it's through, uh, you know, your amazing uh, accomplishments in your personal life or with your husband, uh, your two children. Uh, your little furry friend that you named that we was told about. Yes. And then the greater contributions, now you said the world is able. 900, you know, stores and industries are now because you found out a way to clean out. So, you know, I believe that's practical spirituality, you know. I love it. I, so, I love uh, yeah, the so phrase. Energy is neither created nor destroyed. Oh, that is physics. Yes. That's physics. Thermodyna thermodyna thermodynamics. Yeah, thermodynamics. 
Yes. Uh-huh. Yes, and yes. so it's like, you know, when you die, when you pass on, your energy is not destroyed. There it's just go. transferred. There you go. There and you go. so I think even if you're not religious, you can still no. find find spirituality in the science. That's that's, um, and, and, and that's how that came about in, 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 in my life. I was like, how can mm-hmm. we take difficult spiritual truths? And then when I was introduced to thermodynamics, that uh, energy is never uh, destroyed, but it's transferred from dimension to dimension. So when these physical bodies perish, then what dimension does our, uh, our energy? And, you know, energy is informational and information is energetic. So we're always, uh-huh. we're eternal in that way. And so, yeah, you yeah. just kind of like read my heart and mind. That's where I got that from. I, I love it. Well, I, I wanted to double tap on something you said, which is uh, my executive coach and I have worked a lot about your life at work, mm-hmm. your, the part of your life that is at work and your passion. And how do you create a career path for yourself that enables you to find joy every day at work so that you can you know, lean in and do what you're good at and do the parts of your job that make you happy. And so for me as an entrepreneur and as a CEO, like that has really been about self-awareness, understanding my own strengths and weaknesses. And as I think it is for most people, often my strengths are the things that I like the most because I naturally tend to be good at them. And then how do I hire and build a team around me to cover the parts or do the jobs that drain the energy from me. Mm. So for me, I mean, I really think about my job as a CEO is sales, right? I'm selling my vision to customers. I'm selling my vision to uh, partners. You know, we just had a huge launch with walmart.com. So now whenever you're buying a car seat, you can, Mm. yeah, you can buy car seat installation when you're buying a car seat on walmart.com. If you're buying a breast pump, you can add on lactation support. There's QR codes inside the stores. You you know, we just had this huge launch. It's like very exciting. Anyway, but I love doing sales to partners, to the customers. I love selling an investor on my vision so that they'll write me a check to invest Mm -hmm. and help me grow my business. I'm selling my vision to new hires. When you're a startup and you're trying to get somebody to come work for less less cash than they could get elsewhere, but they're going to get some equity. You got to get them to believe. So everything I'm really doing is sales. But you know what's interesting about salespeople? Salespeople don't tend to make great managers Mm -hmm. because we like to be liked. And we don't like to give hard feedback and hold people accountable and set deadlines and like, you know, we want to chase shiny objects. Like that's what salespeople are good at. Mm. So for me, it was about recognizing that in myself with my work with an executive coach to say, you know what, I don't want to be the people manager in my business. I want somebody else who's in there setting the metrics and the deadlines and doing the 90 day feedback, you all the reviews and really managing the people because like I want to go do sales. And so I think that when you unlock that self-awareness about how do you lean in on the parts of your personality, your strengths, your passions, which tend to be aligned, I think that can help your company grow. Um, That can help you deliver more value to your customers and touch more lives and help more people. And, you know, our mission at Totscoin is to normalize parents asking for help. It Mm. shouldn't be this hard to be a mom. How can we get everybody affordable access, democratize access to affordable support services as a new parent? And so all of that comes from me having the self-awareness to say, you know what? I'm going to do the sales part of this job and I'm not going to do the people management part of this job. Hey, I love that. I mean, your, the energy we keep talking about referencing is, yeah. it, and anybody listening can transfer these skills, which is, if you've listened to any of our episodes, we talk often about the transferable skills of people. You know, moms um, inherently have so many incredible skills that can be transferred into almost anything they do, um, anything they do. And so 
when you look at the energy that you're putting in and the energy of you know, just in general, we're talking about work-life balance, this goes to the employees as well. The, the energy that you are able to, um, you know, believe in yourself, help others show up and do the thing. And like you said, buy into um, what you're doing, for example, with Tot Squad. Correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't was it not Tot Squad? Wasn't that the I always felt like that it was, was. A, yeah that it was the name of the company before. But when Baby Quip acquired the cleaning service, they rebranded it as Baby Quip Cleaning. So and they then gave when you the I name. started my new company, I got to call it Tot Squad again. Nice. That's, so, that's yeah. been a long lasting <laughs> new company, co- same name. Awesome, awesome. And actually, <laughs> it fits right now. It fits. Mm-hmm. I mean, it fit there, but it almost fits even better now. Mm-hmm, yeah. Totally does. So this idea that you're, you, you know, what, what this, this problem solving platform. So at six years old, I think you said you were inspired by Dell and what was going on mm-hmm. or nine or whatever you were. Sixth grade, sixth, sixth, grade. sixth, sixth grade, grade, sixth grade. And you're like, I'm going to start a tech company. Well, and now you have. I know it's crazy. You started a tech company <laughs> and, and, and this tech company. Um, so w- talk about the Walmart deal. So you just, uh, cause I, I mean, that's a big deal. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, the Walmart deal is really exciting. And, and you know, I don't want to say anything I can't say yeah. just yet, mm-hmm. but I believe that by Q1 of 2023, Tot Squad will be powering every mass retailer in America to oh. allow moms to put services on their registry. Amazing. So it's crazy to me that like Honey Fund and Zola, they launched a decade ago. They've done billions of dollars of transactions of newlyweds who are registering for a kayak trip for two down the Mekong instead of (laughs) China and silverware. And why has nobody figured out how to get the night nanny on the baby registry? Because that's all anybody really wants is a good night of sleep. And so I think that, uh, you know, we have a lot of big launches coming up with big retailers. Um, And I'm excited, you know, if if you can put it on your baby registry for a hundred bucks to get four hours of overnight sleep support, Every one of your friends would buy that for you. <laughs> no, no, you're going to use that a lot longer than you are a bib or a, a onesie. Jesse um, Draper, yeah. you need to get yes. in touch. <laughs> Come on, Jesse Draper. Come on, Jesse. <laughs> We're gonna have to, I got a message from Jesse. I, no, she's yeah. sweet. I'm going to send her when this is done. Where I'll That's definitely right. send her this podcast. Um, I love it. Thanks. So listen, this, this, I mean, Tobias, we're talking to Jen Saxton who crashed my event back years ago. Oh, no, she crash. did that. She did that. Okay, she had the audacity <laughs> to did. crash my event. And reminded you about it. And I did forget. <laughs> and as soon as she said it, I remembered yeah. exactly <laughs> wondering about that feeling about who is this? I mean, and, and she was, and I can, I, I can actually, I can see you now. You were very, like, you weren't shy, by the way. Uh, no. You were very aggressive no. on who you were, what you were doing. You're like, I'm going to go for it. We're about to talk <laughs> to this woman who's transforming this situation. We're, we're talking to a... Uh, uh, a, a future icon. Yes. Uh, a woman who's going to be teaching master classes. <laughs> yeah, I've got no, no, it. Jen, I see it. You have it in you, and you're now you so, you're solving. Actually, I got a question. Do you think? And now you, it's it's it, you'll never know. We'll never know the answer. But you created the original Tot Squad without being a parent because you recognized a solution to a problem. You mm-hmm. clearly uh, wrote a great business plan. But do you think you would be capable? Of or at the time coming up with the new Tot Squad, had you not been a parent going through the no. struggles? No. Um, so it, it was so necessary for me. You know, I say there's literally nobody on the planet better to go build this Tot Squad, this tech company than me, because I have been both a mom in need of these services, struggling to find them. And I've also been a service provider in the baby industry. My first company was a baby services company. And so I know both sides of this market. There's nobody else who can say that. And so that, that really propels me. But 
I wouldn't have recognized this problem, this hole in the market that, you know, why is it, you know, Walmart just launched a huge thing with Angie's List, um, which is Angie now. And if you're buying a TV, they'll mount it for you. If you're buying furniture, they'll assemble it for you. Blah, blah, blah. Like we are basically the Angie's List, but for the baby category, um, providing all these different services. And I wouldn't have noticed that there was that gap if I hadn't been deep in the baby services industry for a decade already. Mm-hmm. So now, I'm, you know, since 2009, when I got certified as a car seat technician nearly 13 years ago, I had to become a mom. Yeah. to recognize a new problem that my customers actually had and know the industry well enough to see where the opportunity um, really lies. Amazing. It, 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 I love when you look at these crossroads in people's lives. And and I think if you, you know, we had one of our first interviews we put out with what um, the incredible um, entrepreneur, uh, Naveen Jain from Biome, you know, billionaire guy, very successful and he, and he gave some such great sound advice, but he was talking about how a lot of times people are trying to just achieve this, this, this balance as he talks about, but he's like balance. When I look at, you know, from a doctor perspective, you look and it's a flat line means you're dead. Mm-hmm. He's like, I like to be like this, you know, like up and down, up and down. And he's like, that's how I approach life. When you go up, don't get too excited. You're going to go down go down, you go up, go up and down. And, and, and I think when you approach life like that, it's it, each moment has its own lessons. And so that's why I love talking to entrepreneurs about that, that these moments and what, what transpired to solve a problem. And clearly, I mean, your passion for this is, is, is contagious. I mean, we can feel it here. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, I, we didn't talk about it, but before I sold the business, I had a, a huge low. Um, and yes. I, you know, the original Totswan brand name was inspired by Geese Squad. The idea we were going to open these service centers for strollers and car seat cleaning and repairs inside Bye Bye Baby stores. Mm. Um, and I went through nine rounds of pilots with Bye Bye Baby. Wow. I'm telling you, it took me years to get them to test it here, test it there, test it in more markets. They put the first one in New York City in early 2018 and it was doing really well, but I was pregnant. So I mm. went to them right before I had the baby and I said, hey, like, how's this pilot going to New York? Like, how's things can we open in 2019? And they said, well, how many can you do? And I said, well, I think we could probably open, you know, two per month. So like 25 next year. And they said, well, we want 10 in the next 60 days. And I'm like eight months pregnant. Mm. I'm like, wait, wait, I, I got to like raise a series A, deliver a baby and launch in 10 new cities in the next 60 days. Like something's got to give. And so I did two of the three, thanks to my amazing team. Uh, we opened in the 10 cities and I did deliver the baby, uh, but I did not raise the money. And what happened is because kind of it was all chaotic while I was having the baby, we got them open. And then Bye Bye Baby was still struggling to get their point of sale system to work so that they could actually sell the service when somebody walked out of the store, right? If you're walking out of the store with a car seat, you want the cashier to say, do you need it installed? Or you're buying a stroller. Hey, do you want to buy a package where they'll clean it every quarter and tune it up for you? And they couldn't figure it out. So they're like, okay, we're not going to do any marketing on it until we get the technology stuff figured out. And like every month that was delayed another month. And so what happened is we were staffing these stores all over the country and we're just bleeding money. Mm. And so we didn't have any money left over to do our own marketing because we'd spend it all just trying to get everything open. And so, and then the initial performance is not good. So nobody wants to give us money because bye-bye is not our, you know what I mean? So we were in a downward spiral. And so in the summer of 2019, I pulled the plug and we closed them all down. And so I was at that lowest low, like, man, I worked for, you know, nine years trying to go through nine rounds of pilots to get these service centers open and bye-bye baby. And we just shut them all down. And Babies R Us had just gone out of business. So I didn't have another choice. So I'm looking around and I'm now I've got, I've got a six-month-old at home, right? And I'm looking around going like, 
I got way bigger problems than just a dirty stroller. Like, I'm a mom now. Like, I'm breastfeeding is hard. Sleep is hard. Baby proofing is hard. I don't know how to do any of this stuff. My husband thought, well, you're in the baby industry. You know how to do everything. I'm like, I can install car seats all day long. I don't know how to breastfeed. (laughs) (laughs) But so I shut them all down. And so I feel like I was going through a grieving process on that and trying to figure out what can I do with this company because I've worked so hard towards this goal and like the timing and the, you know, the just the external circumstances that weren't related to me have led to a failure, a Mm. massive failure. And that's when I was like, but I've got this new idea. I want to go build this Angie's List or care.com for pre and postnatal services. But like, I don't want this service to go away. As a new mom myself, I still want to get my car seat installed and cleaned. And then we have, we had a lot of revenue. We had a lot of people paying us to do it. And it was just the business model wasn't working. And that's when I decided maybe I can sell it. Um, and so the the exit to BabyQuip was a really happy ending. Like, not only was it an accomplishment to sell it with the timing that we did, yeah. but I thought it was an accomplishment to sell it at all. That's right. When I had just been in my lowest low and and to like now be launching, you know, nationwide with Walmart over the last, you know what I mean? Like to be at the highest high. So I agree with with the guy you just quoted from yeah. your podcast. It's like, yes. you got to hit those rock bottom, lowest yes. low moments to like really be able to appreciate those highs. Oh, Amazing man. story. Man, that's the definition of resiliency. They say that, <laughs> oh, it is. They say, that, you know, you have to have uh, the highs and the lows and wisdom or Sophia. Sophia is only born out of the lows. We don't gain mm-hmm. wisdoms on the high. It has to be a low point. Every, you know, from Muhammad to Buddha to the Christ to Krishna, all of them taught us how to deal with the lows of human suffering and they gave wisdom in those points to bring people up. So when you say mm-hmm. this, this is a prime example of like you said, you're dealing with depression, you're dealing with grief, you know, and all these other mm-hmm. things that you're saying, but look what was born in that. Now look, mm-hmm. hey, now look what has happened. And the so, phoenix rising uh, from the there ashes. There you go, riding from the ashes. <laughs> so, uh, I'm, yeah. Yeah, I mean, good thing about it. Okay, these are, this is a great moment for us to just reflect on these moments. As Tony Robbins is famous for saying, life happens for you, not to you. It's the lens in which you put the perspective on, right? So, mm-hmm. let's say you worked nine years, bye-bye baby. And they didn't have a software pay issue. So, that was going good. Mm-hmm. And let's say it was, mm-hmm. how's the test? You know, tests are going pretty good, Jen. You know, maybe we'll open up another 10 or 20. And it's floating. It's not really doing as great. It's not making you the success you want, but it's enough that the company is floating and it's growing. And, Mm -hmm. you know, even though you've had this burning idea to see the Angie's list for, you know, for this situation, Mm -hmm. you had, I guess, had two choices at that point. You'd either Mm -hmm. just, you know, put that as a division of your current company, which many Mm -hmm. many companies do. And that would That was my first instinct. Yeah, exactly. And I realized I couldn't run a service company and a tech company at the same time because they were too different. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So then you, so- you know, so the idea is that sometimes these things really are, not sometimes, everything, you just really take yourself in the macro, mic, go in, in between the macro and the micro level at all times, you know, really trying to see the different perspectives. So, I mean, I'm happy. I'm not, I am, I'm happy that this got brought up that you have to share this story with us to actually learn that it, because when you talk about acquisitions and you talk about sales, you know, it just sounds all rosy and nice. And ha- <laughs> and by the way, it would have on this podcast had you not brought that up. <laughs> So, oh, well, uh, you know, I, I feel like this is a more spiritual podcast where you got you got to dig a little layer deeper. Got, got, got yeah. to get in, got to get in there. <laughs> um, well, listen, Jen, I find that um, the, you know, so how long has the new baby? So, so, so it, March 16th, uh, when did you From launch it? When did you launch the new platform? Literally just eight weeks ago, we just launched. Wow. So we've been in kind of pre-launch mode. But um, this summer, the, the thing I'm most excited about coming up that I can talk about is we're doing a huge promotion in 2,200 stores at Walmart with Panthers, with Procter & Gamble. And believe it or not, 
like that's a billion dollar business at Walmart. They're selling like a billion dollars of diapers every wow. year at Walmart. And they're going to do a promotion with Todd Squad. If you spend $75 on diapers or wipes from Pampers, you'll get a free 15-minute session with a sleep expert to help you uh, with your little one's sleep, which we all know means help you with your sleep. Amazing. Because <laughs> if they're not sleeping, you're not sleeping. Congrats. So, um, so yeah, so I'm really excited about that. It's going to launch July 25th in Walmart all over the country. Totsquad.com slash Pampers, and you can get the information, submit your receipt, show you spent $75 on diapers, and we'll give you a free session with a sleep expert. Thank you. So, Jen, I'm going to ask you, uh, because I know it's almost uh, the hour's up, so I'm going to ask you three questions, Jen. What is the quote that you tend to live by the most? uh, Is there a quote that comes to mind that... I mean, I feel like I used to have a quote on my MySpace profile. I'm not (laughs) a big quote person. And that quote was, be yourself, everyone else is taken. Hey, perfect, um, perfect. And that actually fits I, I think you, it's Jen. just about living your authentic life. That, that, <laughs> Jen, that fits you because you have this, this, you know yourself. To say that there's no one on the planet. She said that, right? We can go back and rewind. Yeah. You said no one on the planet's best suited for you. Uh, to then to do the, the company you're launching right now. That's right. And mm-hmm. to have that, that's not just confidence, that's, that's true, knowing who you are, and uh, this is that's amazing. Okay, so what's the what's the best advice you love to give to your younger self? Ooh, to my younger self, hmm. I mean, I I I feel like I talk about it a lot, and it just happened to come up in this podcast. But it's about celebrating the wins. Take time to celebrate the wins because I think that as a goal oriented person. I often, by the time I've achieved a goal, I've kind of already moved on to the next mm-hmm. bigger goal, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, like I'm already focused on the next thing because this one kind of started to feel within reach and it got less exciting. And so really take time. Like I actually now go through an annual goal setting process. Yes. And on January 2nd, every year, I go to the beach because I'm here in LA, like a beautiful hotel somewhere with a view. And I go through a workbook by Michael Hyatt. Um, I think it's called Best Year Ever. And I think about reflecting on my personal life and my professional life and the company goals and like, what are the things I want to focus on? And I actually score last year's gold. I put them red, yellow, and green about how I achieved them. And I, I set those goals for myself and I try to revisit them every quarter. And I can look back and know, hey, I accomplished that goal. Like, you know, one of my goals this year was to wean my baby. Like she just nursed for 14 months and I just finished breastfeeding a month ago. And it's like a hormonal, sad, you know, it's like you love them. You want to be done breastfeeding Mm. and get your personal space back. But it's also very heartbreaking. So I'm like, I accomplished that. That's right. That's right. Got the baby off my boob. I'm like, I'm free again. (laughs) Real last. Um, you need to go celebrate that. Great answer. Great answer. Um, two more well, quick ones. Is there a book that you're reading now or have read recently that you recommend to our audience? I recommend the book Radical Candor. Um, I think it's great in terms of just like finding ways to have hard conversations. Uh, I think there's another one called The Hard Thing About Hard Things, mm. um, which is, I think, more focused for like startup founders, yep. um, written by the Andreessen Horowitz guys. Awesome. Well, listen, Jen, what you're doing is a is is not just a gold mine financially for your company and your investors and shareholders. It's a gold mine for parents. I mean, it's and, and so it's very unique to have such a scalable problem solving uh, company that is so obvious that it should be out into the marketplace. That is just so congratulations. Doesn't on exist that, Jen. No. Thank you. So for our audience who wants to learn more about Tot Squad and follow you, can you share some of your uh, your, your website and social handles? 
Yeah, for sure. We're at Tot Squad, T-O-T-S-Q-U-A-D um, on Instagram, everywhere else and totsquad.com. Excellent. And for that promotional purpose, it, it is totsquad.com forward slash Pampers. That's right. So Jen, thank you for being on the show. We appreciate your time. Don't forget to check out new episodes every Monday. We're super excited about this. I'm Jen Saxton. I'm Tony Samadani. I'm Tobias Tubbs. And we are Living, living Good Currency. Living good currency.